Welcome to this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's look into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Today's podcast is brought to you guys by Recoup Fitness. Our friends at Recoup have created a product called the Stinger, and it's the first ever recovery product of its kind. It combines myofascial release and cryotherapy, otherwise known as massage and icing, to replace ice cups for athletes everywhere. This is an amazing product because you can use it in hard to reach places or on bigger muscles like your quads and your IT bands. I use it right around my knee to help with the swelling and just a little bit of relief after I work out. The Stinger is something that you just place in the freezer for two hours and you can enjoy up to six hours of massage. Come on guys, recover smarter. Go to recoupfitness.com R-E-C-O-U-P fitness.com. Use the code ACL Club to get a discount on one of their Stinger products. Right now, go and start recouping like a pro. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Show Your Scars. I am really pumped for you guys to hear the story of Jeb Brafsky, our guest on today's podcast. He is a longtime friend of mine as we grew up together in Lakewood, Colorado, went to the same high school, played in the soccer club. Jeb is a longtime MLS vet. He got drafted by Vancouver Whitecaps, then played a few years for the Montreal Impact. And his last team he played for in MLS was New York City FC for their inaugural season. And this last season he played in the NASL for Minnesota United before they made their trek this year, 2017, to their first MLS season. So you can imagine how devastated I was to hear that he sustained a big injury this last season in his last game of the season for Minnesota United in the NASL and Jeb tours ACL and I have been talking to him since then he has a really remarkable scar story and I think that it's it's super cool to dive into what Jeb is doing right now in the middle of his rehab process and how he's getting himself through some of the toughest days. Jeb talks about how he learned from a previous injury that he had to turn anger that he had into action. How one of the biggest things and the toughest things he's done so far is having to respect the process, especially being patient loading his knee back up. I can't wait to hear how he uses Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell and what he did with his journey in life to motivate him during Jeb's journey. And last but not least, how he's incorporated meditation and really changed the way he looks at the hours of his day. So, you know, with no further ado, I want to bring Jeb in and let you guys dive into Jeb's current star story. Jeb, thank you so much for joining us on Show Your Scars. We're so excited to talk to you and talk a little bit more about your journey. So where are you currently right now? Uh, I am in Minnesota, and I actually really appreciate you having me on, Jordan. So I'm uh, excited to to jump on with you. Yeah, I, a little uh, fun no fact, fun known fact to everybody that's listening. Jeb and I have known each other since we were what? You probably <laughs> were twelve, and I, yeah, was I don't know. Yeah, fifteen. You were kicking my butt on the soccer field when I was young. So yeah, Jeb would train with us as in high school soccer because his dad was our soccer coach, and then mm-hmm. um, he allowed me to train with him when he was. Uh, in high school in his club team and we've just been you know supporting each other in our careers ever since and um unfortunately when when you tore your ACL in October I my heart was broken you know I think it's you never want anybody to join this club it's not not the point of the ACL club the point is to um, support each other through this injury so talk a little bit about when you got injured, the time of the year, and um, how you kind of took those first few steps of choosing where to go get your um, surgery done and what graft to choose and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, it was uh, it was in October of last year, like you said. Uh, we were playing Carolina um, in the second to last game of the season, so it was kind of really bad timing. I guess there's no really good timing for this, but yeah. Um, you know, the season was, was coming to a close and Minnesota United was going to go into uh, Major League Soccer this year. So everyone was kind of eyeing the, 
the next couple of months for contract negotiations and everyone was kind of the stress levels in the locker room were going up. Uh, and so, yeah, we were in Carolina. Um, you know, I just cut wrong. I was, I was breaking down to defend a guy and, um, the knee just, as it were, just blew out. And, you know, I don't like that term either. I know that you don't like that term <laughs> personally, but, yeah. uh, it did feel like a, a bomb just blew up in it. So I guess that's, uh, that's what it felt like. And yeah. as soon as I went down, I, I knew something was wrong. Um, you know, I'd also cartilage damage and meniscus damage too. So, um, it was, it was tough, but I, I knew right away that what happened. Um, and luckily we, you know, we had some fantastic doctors on the team last year, uh, with twin cities orthopedics, uh, and one of the best known knee surgeons, uh, here, uh, Dr. Corey Wolf, he was our team doctor. And, so I, I knew I was in good hands. Um, you know, I knew that I, I didn't have to worry about that, which was great. Um, as, as many young athletes, I think have to worry about choosing the right, mm -hmm. uh, doctors and, and staff, but I was very fortunate to be already a part of a great staff. So that was, that was taken care of. Um, and you chose yeah, a, I, uh, a patella graft or what was the graft choice that you guys decided yep. to go with? Yeah, we decided to go with the patella graft. Um, yeah. He, apparently I have very, very thick, uh, patella tendons. Well, look at so, you. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that Darwin gave me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he didn't give me any muscles or calves or anything, yeah. but he gave me nice patella tendons. So, uh, and yeah. Then, and go ahead. We, you know, the knee didn't blow up, uh, as much as, as most ACLs usually do. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it actually stayed not so not so swollen the only thing that swole up is because we had to jump on a flight the next morning at 7 a.m and mm. um i was in a brace and it was just very uncomfortable flight uh, and then right when i got home you know i got an mri obviously saw the damage and within three days i was in in the or that's amazing that turnaround that you can you know a lot of it has to do with the swelling and a lot of people have to wait a long time but to get the process started right then was probably a little bit of a relief for you yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, with the timeline of, of not knowing what's going to happen next year and kind of, you know, everyone kind of counts six months out uh, mm -hmm. and, and sees where they're going to be in six months. And I knew that preseason was uh, was a foregone conclusion. I would never, you know, be able to participate in preseason, but I hope to jump on with the team as soon as the season started. So um, that was that was great to be getting in early. And uh, obviously the TCO staff with rehab uh they lined me up you know a couple of days after operation and uh, i just got right in there but great uh, unfortunately i had a little bit of a setback <laughs> yeah and i want to talk to everybody about this because i think this is such an important part just in your acl journey but also just you learned a lot through this you know a really scary stint at the beginning of your recovery and share with everybody what happened and what what you really want to learn personally from this but teach anybody if you can yeah, uh, absolutely. So a few days after surgery, I went into my first PT session, uh, and I had been getting some pain, you know, we're all sitting on our, our backs on the couch or, mm -hmm. you know, your legs up for a couple of days. So, which we don't do for a long time. Like we, right. we never, I mean a couple hours, but not all day long as athletes. Right. That's not what we do. Yeah. You're, you're going to go crazy if you sit there all day. So, um, I've been, you know, sitting more than usual, I'll say, um, and I got to the PT session a couple of days after surgery and, um, I just felt like my calf, you know, there's, there's muscle soreness and then there's a different type of feeling. And I've, I knew it was a different type of pain in my calf, um, as my PT guy was kind of massaging and working it out. Um, and he said, you know, just keep an eye on that. Cause that could be a blood clot. And as it turns out, uh, I went home that night and, um, it, I, my, back of my rib cage sort of in my lung was really, really painful. And it was, it was very, just dis the discomfort was just, I couldn't even explain it. I thought I had ripped maybe an intercostal muscle or maybe I just wow. slept on the side of my back wrong. So, you know, my, my natural optimism, I just thought it was just maybe a muscle and I'm, I'll be okay in the morning. So yeah. I, uh, which is usually my downfall, but I, <laughs> I, I told my wife, you know, I'm just not feeling, too good. You know, I, I was on some painkillers, so I didn't know how bad really the pain was. Um, 
But then I, I tried to sleep through the night. I couldn't sleep through the night. I was on the couch, uh, tossing and turning. I couldn't get comfortable. And then right around 3 or 4 a.m., I woke up, and I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. I couldn't really get up. Um, I couldn't move. And the pain in my rib and my lung was just excruciating. So um, I... I called my uh, my doctor Corey Wolf, and he said, "You know, get into the ER right now." And so that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. I went straight in. Uh, turns out the there was a blood clot in my calf, which was the initial pain. Mm-hmm. It had broken off, kind of separated in half, and the other part carried all the way through my heart into my lung and kind of lodged into the bottom of my lung, where it was the pain was from the film on the outside of the lung was ripping off of my lung and that's all nerve endings in there. So Mm. it's just all painful nerves. Um, and the the lung essentially was suffocating down there and dying. So that's what, where the real pain was. Um, so yeah, I got admitted into the hospital for three days. Uh, the doctor said this was, uh, not only life threatening, if the clot was a little bit bigger, it could have stopped right in my heart and that would have been the end of my life. And, uh, yeah. The the doctor was also very confused because it's very rare for you know young people um, to get these blood clots and to especially get a pulmonary embolism from surgery. Um, yeah. And so it's it's always something to think about for people um, whether you're young or old. Uh, you know, check into your family history before you go into surgery. You know, make sure that there's no history of clots because you know I'm adopted, so I have absolutely zero medical history of my family, and I might as you know I could well have some yeah, history of blood exactly. clotting. Exactly. Yeah, you I just don't know. know. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I mean, that was one of the most painful experiences. And and as a result of that, um, I have to be on blood thinners for, you know, six months. Uh, and the blood thinners are not fun. They're shots that I have to stick into my own stomach twice a day. Ugh. Um, so that's not fun. And, you know, temperature-wise, like I'm freezing sometimes. I'm really hot. I'm freezing. So it's... yeah. It's, it's that been, was a real test. That was a real test. Yeah, and I I can't help but get chills every time you've told me that story now twice and both times the same impact of when you just say the blood clot went through my heart. Like right. through your heart the blood a lot of people don't have that same, you know, it stops in their heart. So um we're you, you got another chance, Jeb, and we're mm-hmm. we're I mean everybody that knows you and I'm sure people listening now are just so thankful for that. And that's such good advice about looking into things before surgery because I didn't do that, to be honest. I, I kind of knew a little bit about um, some family history, but um, mm-hmm. take those papers, I guess, that they have you fill out seriously because... Yeah, absolutely. And even I, I think about when the PT was giving you a massage and they're, you know, they're doing their job. Do they and it was no fault of theirs that they were massaging your calf. It was sore. Right. And, right. Um, yeah. And, and he, and he stopped once I told him, um, you know, and that's yeah. another thing is, is, is especially with guys, you know, I think guys are, especially myself, uh, anytime I've been injured, anytime I've pulled a muscle, anytime I've had any type of discomfort, guys are very pride or are, are very proudful and their, their pride gets in their way when they don't want to say how something hurts or, they don't want to tell someone, you know, I didn't want to tell my wife how, how really bad it, it really hurt uh, because I, you know, sh- I had been on my, on my butt for you yeah. know, a few hours yeah. and the baby's running around. She's doing, she's doing her thing. You know, I don't want to inconvenience her any more than I need to, but you know, these things really are serious and it, and ACL surgery is whether, you know, the technology is getting better, but it's still a major surgery. And I right. think people, you know, not don't freak yourself out about it, but um, you, you have know. to respect it, you know, yeah, it is absolutely respect some, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think you were also hinting a little bit about your toughness and the surgery. I, I think about it a lot because as athletes and I would imagine males have it even to a higher degree because men have that ego, they have that pride in their toughness. But as an athlete, we're told all the time, you know, like be tough or tough it out or run it off. And, Mm-hmm. Um, that outworking things can almost be better. And Caitlin, your wife, I was just reading an article that you guys did with a local, with your newspaper in Minnesota. And she was, she's one that always tells you to take your time and get fully healthy. And how has she been someone that you've leaned on and kind of helped you through this in that aspect of like, 
you know, you don't have to push back so quickly that this, this patient, this injury requires some patience. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have someone, um, in your ear that, uh, has an outside perspective from sport. You know, she's not in the competitive atmosphere all the time. She's not in, you know, she's not even the, the biggest massive fan of the sport itself. So it's not like, you know, she's, She's saying, uh, you know, take this protein shake and get back out. You know, she's not that type. Of, <laughs> that's not that type of woman, which, which I respect and I yeah. like, and that's probably why I married her uh -huh. because she, she settles me down a little bit, and um, she knows I'm a hundred percent or nothing. You know, she she knows that about me, and um, and she's not that way. You know, she's certainly a person that says I'm worried about your long term health rather right. than you just going right back out there and. and Time after time with injuries in my career, she's seen me, you know, break my nose, go right back on the field, break my collarbone, go right back on the field. So she's sitting in the stands when all this is happening and just mm -hmm. shaking her head because she can't stop me when she's in the stands. But when she's at home, she can certainly talk to me about it and, and yeah. give me her opinion. And I've learned over the years to, you know, absolutely respect that opinion and listen to it because you're not always right about yourself. And that's what I think a lot of people, a lot of athletes, I won't say people, I say athletes, we take so much pride in what we do and excellence and striving and, and beating the competition that we beat ourselves into the ground by thinking that we're always right about something or mm. we always have to have to push through something. And that's just been my life, which, you know, I, cer I certainly don't want to instill that in my son um, because, you know, you know, my dad and you know, my, yeah. you know, my background and, um, to his credit, he's changed a lot. But when I was young, it was always, um, you know, if you get injured, don't think about it. If you don't think about it, it doesn't hurt. If it, you know, if, yeah, yeah and it yeah. was just looking back, it's absurd, but it's, um, it's the culture around sports really. Yeah. And, yeah. and competitive sports. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you've been in the top, you've been in the top level of the top level and it's just, that's what every athlete in that locker room is telling themselves. Uh, well, most, uh, you know, I've played with a lot of guys who won't play if they, you know, have a hangnail, but, um, <laughs> the, it's just, uh, it's a different world in athletics. I know a lot of listeners and, and kids that are going through injuries. Um, they're just kind of looking at themselves like, maybe I can tough this out, but you know, Jordan, you know, better than anyone, this is not an injury that you can, you can tough out. Um, yeah, and, and you've had other big injuries. You named a couple there. What What is making this one so different, even within the first couple months that you've been going through the rehab? Well, it's I would say on the field, there's there's differences on the field and off the field. On the field, like physically, um, you know, with my broken collarbone or like the AC joint or the nose, uh, those aren't really necessary for me to play. You know, like I can yeah. – it, they can get back healthy and I you can, can stick, go back out there. You can stick two things up your nose and keep playing, right. which I know you've done before. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, when I you know, when I was younger, I was 14, I believe, I broke my tibia right in half and yeah. uh, playing for the rush. And that was um, – I'm very thankful for that injury because if anyone listening is a teenager or a young person going through an injury, um, take it as a blessing because when I was 14 – and I broke my leg. I thought it was the end of the world. I thought it was, you know, I was flying high. I was on the top of my game. I was close to getting called into the youth national team. And I went from hero to zero within, you know, six months of breaking my leg. I, I uh, got back onto the field after uh, I tried to push myself back as too quickly as I could. And I rebroke it uh, the first training session when I came back. And so mentally as a teenager and as a young athlete, uh, it, it's harder as a young person to go through that, to try to fathom why this is happening, you know, if I should continue playing. But because I had that experience, because I really persevered, it was like a three, three year long process until I was about 17 that I even got mentally strong again. I got mentally back into it. And, um, because I think I went through that experience, um, this injury mentally, it, it was nothing for me. Like it was nothing. I wouldn't say that, okay. but it was, it was very, it was very easy to say objectively, okay, Jeb, you just tore your ACL. Okay. This is how we're going to attack it. Right. Um, but if I hadn't gone through that as a young kid, I, I would certainly be in the same position as when I was, when I was younger, you know, I, mean, I know, I know 30 year old guys who have never been injured in their career and say they tear their ACL, you know, 
that's a career ender because mentally they're not prepared to kind of go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think off the field, things are different this time because, you know, a, as a professional, you're making money, you have income, yes. I have a family. Um, and so, I, and I'll be honest, when I was laying on that field in Carolina, that was the first thing that came to my mind was yeah. my family, my future, um, my income, all that stuff. And that's, it's sad to think about, but you know, as a young pit kid, you get hurt and you think about your passion for the game dwindling or, yeah. um, you know, are you going to go to school in a cast and all this other stuff? So, um, if you do that at this age and this, this level, you're just kind of thinking of logistics and, and, yeah. um, and stuff like that. So I think that's how it's been a little bit different. And what did you, what was the biggest thing you learned from that first one that it just takes time, that patience is what's needed in, in injuries? It sounds like you learned a lot from that first injury when you were younger that you've used now as far as how do I approach this injury recovery? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, as teenagers, we're also um, very hormonal. We're very yeah, like up dealing in the air with so about many things. life. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy time of life. And for me, you know, I, I went to bed at night crying all the time. Um, you know, I came back and um, my coach for the rush at that time, I, I had never played. You know, I didn't play anymore because I wasn't fast. I was, I was timid. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have the skills I used to just because I had to relearn. As I was growing, I, you break your mm. leg and you have to relearn how to use your body. And so for two two years in the rush, you know, I wasn't playing consistently on, yeah. on my team. and. Um, and so I looked to the future and I said, where am I going to be? Like, I want to make the national team. I want to play professional, but I can't even start on my club team. You know, like I'm, I'm a loser. I'm a, I'm a joke. Like I, and so it made me, it built a lot of anger, but I've always found in my life that if I get angry, I, I get into action and I really start moving. And I, and so I started waking up early. I started getting out to the, the fields. I started, you know, training with you girls. Uh, mm-hmm. if I could find a practice, I would train with anyone and everyone who could take me because I just had this, if I sat at home, I was going to go crazy and I was going to quit or I was going to tell myself I'm not good enough. And mm-hmm. so as long as I was on the field, um, with people who are enjoying the game and I, I could get through it a little bit, but that injury, um, you know, that changed my life that, that really yeah. did and more than I ever thought it would. And I love that. I think that a lot of people view emotions as bad and especially mm-hmm. anger, like don't get angry or if you get angry, then bad things happen. But you found a way to tap into anger and turn it into action. And I think that that's a really powerful thing. And it, it proved to help you a lot. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and especially with boys too, we say, uh, you know, calm down or like, yeah, well, you're freaking out or, <laughs> You know, and I would always tell my teammates who, you know, a lot of my teammates were playing on regional teams and national teams. And, oh, man, I was jealous. You know, I was I was really jealous of these guys because uh, that's where I wanted to be. And that's where I was headed before this injury. And, and so I kind of used the injury as a crutch in my in my head that I said, you know, if I didn't do this, I would be here and I'd be here. Mm-hmm. But then when I was 16 and 17, I kind of came to this realization like you're you're where you are it doesn't matter how you got here. You're where you are right now. And all that matters is where you're going to go. And so, um, I knew that I kind of had, uh, hand my destiny, uh, myself instead of letting this injury just define the athlete I wanted to be or, or who I was, you know? And I think that, that anger and that, um, almost my, my, I'd say my willingness to want to prove people wrong and myself wrong about myself. Like I wanted to prove that I could make to be a pro. I wanted to prove that I could get a scholarship to a a good university. Um, And it's, it became a competition with myself instead of a competition with the other guys on the team or, you know, guys around the country. That's awesome. Um, So back to ACL right now, you're in the, you're three months into rehab. What has been the hardest part physically for you? Was it the blood clot or something else that you've had to push through so far? Um, Well, the blood clot set me back maybe a little bit in my uh, PT routine, I would say. But, um, you know, I think just being the hard has been being patient with loading um, the knee, you know, 
just on a single leg basis or getting into a lunge mm-hmm. or, you know, even walking, even walking downstairs when you feel that pain and you're kind of like, why, Lift you know, your why head. the heck? You're like lifting your head. <laughs> right. Why the hell am I getting that pain? You, yeah. know, you, you think something's wrong. And, um, so I think that's the hardest time is just telling myself that nothing's wrong. You know, this is just a healing process and that you have to be patient with the process and respect the process. And this isn't something that's going to get better with you going home after PT and, uh, doing a hundred squats and telling yourself, you know, I'm going to be better because I did those hundred squats. Well, you know, the rest is just as important as the work. So, uh, that's been the toughest part I think for me. And then mentally and emotionally, are those, are those two things different for you? The, the mental side, what's been the hardest and the emotional side, what's been the hardest? Well, yeah, mentally uh, and emotionally, I think the, the difficulty has been in, um, the politics of sport and the Mm -hmm. politics of professional athletics. Um, and you know, at my age, I'm 28. Uh, and in the, in the soccer world, as you know, that's, that's getting old. (laughs) And, uh, in major league soccer, uh, you know, every team I've reached out to, I've, I've tried to be proactive and and these guys know me, these coaches have have seen me play before, um, for years, but yet they say, we can't do anything until you get healthy. And so it's like a waiting game. And, and there's no guarantee even when I am healthy, that something's going to you know come to fruition. So it's, that's been the toughest for me just to sit there, um, keep my mind busy with other things and, and try to be optimistic that something's going to work out, but it's, uh, there's certain things you just can't change around yeah. you. And, uh, that's been the toughest part to swallow. Frustrating, for sure. But also I see a little foreshadowing as you talk about before when you hadn't played for your club team at all. And, you know, it's all about, you were, you were so focused on everything else. And once you turned it into me internally, you know, you found, you found your way and it could be a good, you know, how those two journeys, both your broken leg and now your ACL, um, what you learned from that is now helping you face this, this bigger challenge, right. Of finding a new team and, getting to the point where you are playing like you again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's become a, you know, my, my focus now is, um, it, it, I want to come back as the healthiest athlete that I have mm. ever been. Thank so you, Jeb. Thank you. <laughs> that is, that is the goal. Just, yeah. I mean, I've, uh, what's helping me right now, you know, I've changed my diet. Um, I've changed my routine of my daily routine. You know, I'm up early at 4am. I'm, I'm, getting stuff done that I want to get, get done, um, in early in the morning. And I'm focusing right from the get go that, you know, I'm listening to podcasts, reading mm-hmm. books, I'm reading blogs, um, anything that will just keep my inspiration to myself going because I know I'm not racing anybody. I'm not racing time. I'm not racing. I just want to make sure that when the time comes where maybe a team gives me a chance, I am, I feel like I could be an Ironman, you know, like I yes. feel like I could, I could run a triathlon because I'm just healthy. And if they don't take me, then you know what? I'm the healthiest I've ever been. And that's, yep. that's I can hang my to, head on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you change about your diet exactly? Because I think people leave this part out and I think diet can help even the mental and emotional side. Just what you're putting into your body obviously is fuel for everything within yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, for a few years of my career, I was a vegetarian and, and that actually, um, made me feel incredible. I'm not a vegetarian anymore, I have to say, but, um, it's, it's very difficult with a, with a son and a yeah. pregnant wife who is craving <laughs> meat all the time to, to be a vegetarian. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So, um, what I did was, um, you know, after the surgery and the pulmonary embolism, I went home to Colorado for a little bit, spent some time with some family. And, you know, I was, you're, you're immobile for a little bit. You can't run, you can't do much cardio. Um, or I, I didn't have access to some machines and now, you know, the snow was out. So mm-hmm. I was, I was gaining some weight and, uh, it just took me one day to say, you know, like I didn't feel good after the painkillers and all that stuff. I said, you know, I need to get the toxins out of my body. Number one, because, the toxins will yeah. certainly affect your healing. Um, and I want my body to, to know that I'm putting the best fuel in it that can go straight into my bloodstream and okay. help. And so, um, 
I want to, I want to lose weight. Not first and foremost, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit overweight and I think the less pressure I can put on my knee as I'm doing this rehab, I think Absolutely. the better. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, yeah, that's, that's the first battle. I think some, uh, some people just, you gain weight yeah. and, and it's so hard on your joints. It's so hard on that. If you think about it, your ACL is holding all that weight and, um, and so that's that's certainly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to eat cleaner. I'm trying to you know cut out sugars because sugar is very uh, inflammatory uh, for your body, and it 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 will you'll feel the difference when you're working out. I think if you have you know say a bag of Skittles and then you go work out, your knee's going to feel a lot different after that workout than say you had a you know bag of almonds or something like yeah. that. So well, I would love to after we we finish. I have a few more questions for you, but I think just getting a day in the life of Jeb and what you eat and how um, a little explanation. Maybe that's something that people listening to this would be interested in. Absolutely, awesome, I'd be happy. Yeah. Great. So you talked a little bit about getting up early and reading blogs and doing reading books and doing things that make you inspired and is there a quote that you're camping on right now that's helping you get through yeah there's a couple uh, well first the book that uh, um, has really changed my my life really is uh, uh, tools of titans by tim ferris you know he's it's a book where he just interviews and um, talks to these billionaires icons like world-class performers all across the board doesn't matter what industry they're in mm-hmm. but you get tidbits of what these people are doing in their lives and, and the books they're reading, the quotes that they like, the, uh, the diets they're, they're having, you know, it's, if you can tap into world-class performers heads and and their routines, uh, you can certainly pick and pick and choose what you like out of each one and, and develop them into your own routine. But I'm a huge fan of, of, uh, Navy SEALs. You know, I, I've been a fan of Navy SEALs and I think if I wasn't in, uh, soccer, I might want to do, I would have mm-hmm. done that because <laughs> these guys are the, uh, the toughest of the tough. And I think they're not just tough physically, but their mental strength and their mental fortitude is unmatched in the world. Um, and so I read a lot of Navy SEAL books and, and two of my favorite guys, you know, Jocko Willink and, and Marcus Luttrell are these mm-hmm. two Navy SEALs that I obviously love. And, um, the one I took from Marcus Luttrell is, um, from his, you know, the, lone survivor is, mm-hmm. is draw a line and get to it. And so when he had those broken bones and he had, you know, shots, like 16 shots in him or something, you know, bullets, he was crawling for miles and he would say, draw a line and get to it and then draw a line and get to it. And that's, I think a microcosm of an ACL rehab is mm. that you have a day and you have to win the day. You can't, you can't look next week and say, I'm going to be running next week. No, you say, what am I doing today? I got to draw a line and I got to get to that line. And if I get to it, I'm going to win the day. And then, you know, Jocko Willink is his mental, it's just one word and his mental fortitude is unbelievable. His word is good. He just says good. Whatever happens to him immediately, he says good. And then he, he works his way. You know, if it's a problem, he says, I tore my ACL. Good. Okay. Now I can become the healthiest athlete I want to be in my life. Now I can, now I can, you know, force myself to be better. And, that that just like mental tweak I think is it's so hard to do sometimes when you're mm. down in the dumps you don't yeah. want to get out of bed um, you know and he says you know if you don't want to get out of bed at 4 a.m. and you're sitting in the bed warm in the covers you know hey you say uh, I'm so tired you say good I'm tired but guess what I'm gonna get my butt up and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna attack today yeah. and I, I just love that I, I love that mentality and. It's really gotten me through a lot of. Uh, I mean, I, I went through a dark time after the uh, the pulmonary embolism and mm-hmm. and the rehab and reading these guys and the inspiration and you know they've been through a lot worse than I have and um, yet they still have the the mental capacity to push through. And it sounds like you've kind of turned those into your daily affirmations. Those are things that you say to each, yourself all the time, every day, to keep you going. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you sent the, uh, the ACL club sent me that, uh, that package, it was incredible The the bands that you have in there, I would recommend every athlete, you know, I'm wearing it right now. I think as soon as you get those negative thoughts in you, as soon as you say that, you know, your knee's not feeling good, as soon as you think that I, I, I don't want to get out of bed today because I just can't face it. I don't want to, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a loser. I'm getting fat, blah, blah, blah. Just, 
do that one thing. Do, yeah. do one thing that changes your mentality and, and your whole day changes around. And I love that. I love the band. I, I look at it every, every day, every session I, I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm doing a lunge or something and it really hurts. And I'm getting frustrated because it shouldn't be hurting that badly. But then I look at the brand. I'm like, you know what? Okay, just do one more and see how it feels. Okay, let's let's change it up. Well, that I mean, I love that whole thing. I was in chills from the Marcus Luttrell, draw the line and get to it. I can just imagine you doing that, Jeb, and just focusing on the things that you can control. I think that's so powerful. And another aspect of mentality and um, the mental side of the journey is visualization. And have you started to use visualization to see yourself back playing soccer again? Does it include other things beyond soccer? Uh, yeah, so I've been a, a big fan of uh, meditation for a long time. I think since college, I really got into it. But um, you know, I, I notice a difference when I don't meditate and when I, versus when I do. Uh, and I, I thought about this. I'm thinking about this question because I think it's a great question, and I think my personal philosophy on on visualization mm-hmm. i always um you know i've met with a lot of sports psychologists when i was a young player and they'd always say you know visualize you succeeding visualize this and i think there's a lot of merit to that and obviously science can back that yeah but for me it made me visualize things that maybe weren't goals but they're dreams and so it almost wasn't realistic in my own head because i would visualize these these great things that i would be doing but then I wouldn't see any results in like in, in real life because my visualization, I probably wasn't doing it right. So I really started to focus on meditating rather than visualizing. And my meditation is very simple. You know, I, I'll get up in the morning and I'll devote like 10 minutes, 10 minute block or something, 10 to 20 minutes. Um, and depending on the day, sometimes I, I like to do a, a more visualization meditation where I'm I'm visualizing a lot of good energy or, or healing energy coming into my body. But sometimes it's just as simple as just focusing on my breath, uh, just in and out, in and out, and for 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, I'm focused on the day. I'm focused on what's happening now. I'm not focused on what's going to happen in April when the team you know, calls, my, yep. calls me or doesn't call me. I'm just saying, okay, I'm here. Uh, maybe I have some pain in my knee, but I'm not – I don't say my knee is, is in pain. I just – you know, it's there. And yeah. that's what it, that's what happens, and uh, you got you got to go about your day. But I, I'm more of a meditator, I think, than a visualizer. Yeah, I like that. I like a different perspective. You know, I don't think everything works for every single person, and that's part of the reason this podcast, I think, is going to help a lot of people, is because everybody's journey is is different. But you can, like you said about those books that you read about um, Tim Ferriss's book. What is it? The Titans. Uh, tools of Titans. Tools yeah. of Titans. You know, he's picking. You're then reading it, picking things from all these entrepreneurs. People oh, are going to be listening a- to this and picking pe- things from Jeb's journey and Allie's journey and Lauren's journey and who else? You know, Derek oh, Rose. All little things. So I think incredible. that's awesome. I think um, meditation is powerful. And I just, I just got a um, email for three free months of. Um, headspace. And so I shared it with yeah. the, the ACL awesome. club. I was like, guys, if you want to try meditation, give it a shot. You get three free months. So, uh, now, now Jeb is telling you to do it too. Um, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> um, do you feel yourself learning a little bit more about who Jeb really is? I, I feel like in the ACL recovery process, it's, it's long and it's up and down and flat and down and up and all those things that you kind of start to develop stronger personal characteristics. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would like to say that the, uh, you know, when I was a teenager, I think the, the grit and the perseverance, uh, that's where I learned that. So that was a good foundation, uh, going into this injury, but now, um, I'm learning a completely different side of myself. You know, I'm learning about my internal chatter in my head and my, really my limiting self-belief in myself, because, uh, if, if, and this is where meditation comes in too, because when people just sit quietly, I mean, 90% of people probably, especially Americans, we sit and we're all of a sudden our brain just talks to ourselves mm-hmm. and we just, it's usually negative. You know, it's usually, uh, you know, this hurts. You're not good at this. Like they're going to laugh at you for this, whatever it is. Um, and I'm learning to kind of just notice that, that, that internal, internal chatter. And I've noticed that across my life, 
you know, some people would, from an outside perspective would say, oh, you know, you've had a very successful life or a successful career. But in my head, um, I'm not even scratching the surface. And I'm kind of like, have I been afraid to really push myself and to really succeed in my life? Because I think fear of success is, for me, is more real than a fear of failure. I can fail at something, no problem. But uh, I've never really confronted myself about really succeeding and really like what it would look like for me to push myself to the outer limits of my ability. And um, that's where I'm like, you know, reading and, and doing all this uh, internalization is, is really like it's opened my my own eyes to myself that I'm like, you know what, you've been holding yourself back for a long, long time. And I think the ACL injury has just slowed me mentally down to say, hey, let's you've got some time now. Let's correct some things that maybe you weren't even you know, trying to correct, you know, you're going to correct your knee, but why don't you correct your life while you're at it? It's so amazing, right? Like, I think uh, right when it happens, obviously, and rightfully so, we all have these thoughts about how awful it is. And it is, we know the timeline of getting back and we know that it's going to be a tough process. But if we really sit in that space, like you're talking about, we are, we are given an opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. so many cool things about ourselves and, come out on the other end stronger. And I really believe that this process, I think that's why the ACL club and people understand each other with that same knee scar is because we get that like, Oh, you've tapped into that. You've tapped into that piece of yourself. Yeah. I think, you know, you're, you're probably the best example. And, um, you know, I know Brittany Bach is, is certainly another person that's, that's been through it and she's supporting you and mm-hmm. the ACL club, but you know, you've, you've torn it what three times now. Am I, yeah. am I saying? Yeah. Three so lefties. You, yeah. I mean, you must feel like, you know, Sisyphus, like you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're tearing your ACL, you're getting all the way back. You're mentally, you're physical, and then you do it again and then you do it again. And I mean, and it's very easy for a person like you just to, to say, you know what, I've had some, I've had some bad luck, you know, it just wasn't in the cards and I'm just going to go get a desk job because I don't deserve any better. And yet, you somehow, you know, you're, you're out at these Rush alumni. I see you out um, at all these events and you're helping people, but you're also like your energy and your passion is still there. And that was what really inspired me. Is I, I really thought about you when I, I got this injury because, you know, I've, I've done this once. You've done this three times and you created this ACL club. You want to help other athletes. I mean, that's, that's inspiring to me. And I think um, this ACL club is, is a there's a huge need for this because like you said, it's not just physical and, and, and a lot of athletes are going through this, not one, not two, three, four times. And, um, it's very easy for a person like you to give up and just to say, you know, I hate the sport. I hate everything about athletics, you know, to be bitter. And I'm sure there was times in your life that you thought about that, you know, there's, that's just normal. You're human. Yeah. But look at, I mean, look at what you're doing now. And I think that's so positive. Well, you guys, I didn't pay him to t- say that. So thanks yeah, for, yeah, yeah. thanks for, um, it was you know, a lie. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing that emoji, you know, the hair emoji where I'm just like primping the, myself. So thanks. the hair flip. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Jeb. I, I really hair appreciate flip. that. And I think that it's, um, it's great when we have on these honest conversations with other people, because I think that's where, um, the growth in this process happens if you don't try to be too tough if you don't try to come back too fast or be that macho person that if you really Mm -hmm. tap into the truth of who you are in the process of what it what this is you can find a lot of growth absolutely um so if you looking back now you're you are you three months is that am i doing my months Uh, correct Yep, today, exactly today, I'm three months. Oh yeah. my gosh, great timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing before this started, what would you say? Uh, God, that's a great question. You know, I, w- I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself was uh, just don't have any expectations. Uh, don't, don't look at your rehab or your pain levels or... Uh, you know, the, the exercises that you're doing, don't have any expectations and don't, don't look at, say, you know, I could call you and say, Hey Jordan, you know, what were you doing in three months? And you could say, Oh, you know, I was running, I was feeling good. And then that just, that just beat me, you know, that's just like, Oh man, I, I'm way behind, you know? Yeah. So I would say 
have zero expectations and take it individually. Don't compare yourself because everything is unique. Every ACL is unique. Every body is unique. Um, you know, if you have expectations, you're going to be let down or you're going to be frustrated. Um, but kind of see every day as an opportunity and just say, look, I'm, yeah, you have your end goal. I want to be back by this, but don't have that be a rigid thing because then you're going to get back too early and probably hurt yourself or, uh, then you're going to be out for a year, you know? So it's, yeah, I think the expectations are where, um, most people, especially even like creating habits, you have an expectation, you're going to create a habit. And then, you know, by day five, something unexpected happens and you quit because you weren't foreseeing that. There's a really good quote about expectations, how they're dream killers or something like that, or something, how, um, your expectations just set you up for failure. And I think that's a really, I, I agree. I think if you go into everything, like you said earlier, with just kind of a clear mind, it really sets you up for success. Absolutely. So what, what's your training routine right now? Are you, how many days are you working out? Are you resting? Uh, what's kind of happening in Jeb's life? Um, I am, I'm at uh, physical therapy three to four days a week, uh, probably around three, uh, just because some days the, you know, the, uh-huh. one day doesn't work out a week or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so I'm doing that. And then on my off time, on my off days, I'm trying to do some cardio by myself. I'm trying to swim. I'm trying to, uh, get on a bike and just, uh, trying to get a sweat going as much as I possibly can. And then, uh, do some upper body work. If I don't want to do too much upper body, but I'd like to get, you know, um, some work in there and then at at physical therapy you know we're doing and i think physical therapy if you know athletes are young athletes are thinking well i can just do a lot of this stuff at home the physical therapy is very important because of the mm-hmm. manual work that you get you know and the and hands-on you know, stuff ha- yeah digging into your scar tissue and mm-hmm. and uh your flexibility all that other stuff so that's been incredible um Right now, at this stage, you know, I'm doing a lot of glute activation, quad activation, getting that, getting that quad to fire because that's that's very important, as right. you know, and um, stability and balance. Uh, and so for cardio, I'm doing swimming, elliptical, and they have a Ultra G treadmill, which is incredible, and yeah. it takes some some weight off of you. So I'm running about sixty percent weight at the moment. Good. Does that feel, does that feel good? Do you feel like a, I always felt like a deer, like a baby deer yeah. at first. Like, Ooh, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely like, you feel like you're in space yeah. and it's, uh, it's very weird. Like you're trying to learn how to run again. Um, but it's, it's incredible machine. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so, so thankful that they have that at this facility. Yeah. And then Last thing right here, uh, so many listeners right now are at the same spot you're at. You know, they're going through rehab. Do you have a little nugget of info or inspiration that you want to leave them with until we talk to you again? Because I'm, I'm hoping we can do this a couple more times before you're, you're back out on the field. Wow. Uh, geez, if I could give you one piece of advice. Uh, inspiration. Put me on the spot, Jordy. Um, you know, I would say... Like I, I'll just echo what I said earlier and that every recovery is unique and different and you need to push yourself to your limits and, and not to someone else's or, um, that's, that's like the biggest thing to me right now is that I'm looking, you know, I had a couple guys, a couple friends that just tore their ACLs a couple years ago and they, they're like, Oh, are you doing this yet? Are you doing this? And they're texting me like, Oh, I saw you running. How about this and this? And that chatter is getting into your head because it's mm-hmm. saying, this is where you should be, or this is where I was. But that's that's totally fine if that's where they were, because your knee's different, your your training's different, um, and your goals are different. You know, my goals are different than maybe theirs were, mm-hmm. and my person, your personality is different too. So, um, I would I would just tell the young athletes, like, n- you know, in your heart how how hard you're pushing. You know, uh, you know, for me, it's it's holding myself accountable in those PT sessions. When my trainer tells me to do something 10 times, I do it 11 just to keep myself accountable and, mm-hmm. and not cutting reps. And so by the end of April, I'm going to know I got, and going from 10 to 11 reps is not a massive difference when you're right. doing an exercise. Right. But when you get to April, you're like, I did hundreds more reps than mm. I, I probably, you know, should have or would have done. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the biggest piece of advice I could give a, yeah. an athlete. 
I love it, Jeb. I love this conversation. I, um, you know, a lot of people don't know we had a really a good heart-to-heart -heart conversation a few months ago, and to see just how you've progressed from then, you know, just mm -hmm. a month and a half out of surgery until now, it for me as your friend and someone who believes in you so much, uh, it's it's great to hear you having that same thing. You know, you said you had this limiting self-belief for so long and I can't wait to see this Jeb who <laughs> tapped, taps into that belief and is, is knows that he is capable of so many great things. So, um, well, I do have to thank you because I think that, um, and that's an absolute another point is that don't do it alone. And, and mm -hmm. when I, when I did have that conversation with you, I did feel really alone. I felt really isolated, um, that, you know, I don't have family here. I don't have um, you know, all the guys are in preseason that I know, um, I felt that, really alone. At that time you weren't on a team, you know, right. and I think that's one of the hardest things about an ACL injury is you're then a lot of us come from a team and we're then outcasted. We, we have to do everything by ourselves and that's a hard, right. that's probably one of the things that you were, you're feeling at that moment as well. Yeah. You lose your identity a little bit and, uh, as an athlete. And I think that conversation with you is really, um, really was instrumental in me getting a spark of hey you know other other people are going through the same thing and it's you're not alone you're not you know the ACL mm -hmm. club is is the best at obviously showing people that you're not alone in this. Uh, if you have questions if you have if you need more inspiration or you just have a, a day where you're like I just don't want to do anything because I don't think I'm going to play again or I, I don't want to do this uh, talk to somebody call yeah. somebody you know when I when I when you texted me and called me, you know, that was the world because that changed my perspective. And that just said, hey, you know, we're, we're all on your side and we're going to help you through this. So I uh, thank you for that. You're the best, Jeb. And I found the quote, it's expectation is the root of all heartache. And there you that's, go. That's by good old William Shakespeare. So obviously I wasn't paying attention <laughs> in English class yeah. in high school. Your yeah, dad wouldn't be happy. <laughs> um, okay, Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, we can't hear, can't wait to hear from you this, maybe in a, a couple months and see, see where sure. you're at in this process. So thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Jordan. A little longer than we normally do, but I just thought Jeb, the way he spoke, what he's doing, how he's approaching this rehab was really inspiring. And so I wanted to make sure I gave you guys as much information as I could. So we're hoping to talk to Jeb a couple more times throughout his journey. If you have any questions you want to ask him, make sure you email me info at theacl.club.com and we can get those questions to Jeb so we can kind of see what you guys think and what you want to know about him. Make sure you tune in every Monday and Thursday for a new episode of Show Your Scars. In fact, just subscribe to the podcast. It'll pop right up on your phone or in your iTunes so you can see them whenever we upload a new episode. So thankful for you guys. So impressed with how you are approaching your injury rehabs. And no matter what it is, you know, it could be an ankle injury, a knee injury, even a head injury, you know, these are things that take you away from what you love. And we, to get back to where we want to be, we have to have the right mentality. So I hope Show Your Scars is helping you realize that it is possible and we are proud of you. And now go out there and show your scars with pride.